Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you by HITS Training and Consulting. Next year, August 13th through the 16th in Chicago, Illinois, the number one police canine conference in the world hands down the most amazing instructors there wait till you see the vendor show if you thought last year was big you haven't seen anything there's going to be vendors from every facet of the canine industry giveaways everything you can think of great times during the day great times at night ted and i'll be there working dog radio booth gonna have a good time hits 2019 don't wait register now hits canine.net uh, it's ted eric and i make no bones about the fact that we love dogtra we've been using them even long before they were sponsors of the podcast uh, my favorite is the 1900s hands-free i typically have the remote in my pocket and i just put the other remote inside my glove or on my wrist and i can use that thing all day long it's fantastic doctor is going to continue to be a sponsor of the podcast and because of that you guys get a discount so if you head to dogtra.com any unit over two hundred dollars you get a ten percent off if you use the discount code wdr10 that's working dog radio one zero wdr10 dogtra.com this episode of Working Dog Radio is being brought to you in part by RayAllen.com. RayAllen.com, your one-stop shop for everything dog-related. Not just canine, not just search and rescue, not just civilian sport, and not just pets. All of it. Everything related to a dog you can find at RayAllen.com. Be sure to mention the discount code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. RayAllen.com for all things dog. TrueScentK9.com. That's the letter K, the number nine. TrueScentK9.com. Actual explosive odors suspended in silica, not a pseudo. Hit them up. TrueScentK9.com. We here at Working Dog Radio are so proud of our relationship with Southern Coast Canine. Bill Heiser does some amazing work down there in Florida. Go see for yourself all they have to offer at www.southerncoastcanine.com. That's Southern Coast, the letter K, the number nine.com. Southern Coast Canine. Better training, better results, better dogs. Any working dog handler can tell you these dogs find magical and magnificent ways to hurt themselves. Hell, half of being a handler is keeping them from hurting themselves. Much like maintenance training, care and upkeep is an important ongoing duty of any working handler, no matter if it's military, law enforcement, search and rescue, or sport. I had a dual-purpose dog at the kennel that we were training that had a hot spot from a food allergy, and it was clearly bugging him. We had to continue working this dog. I didn't have time for him to take off. So our vet wanted to put him on some anti-inflammatory, and I'm usually pretty anti-med unless it's absolutely necessary. If you remember from the Janet Baker episode, certain medications will cause problems with detection, and I ain't got time for that. I found a product called Quick Term from the people over at VetCare. I used this spray once a day for a week, and it was gone completely. We had another dog get a puncture wound during a track on his chest, and it probably needed a staple, but it was in a weird area. So I clipped a fur around it and put this on there once a day for about 10 days, and it was like it never happened. This isn't a Me Too product. It's not relabeled. It's specifically made for dogs and uh, horses. 
nothing like it on the market and it works on wounds, but it also takes care of skin issues like flea dermatitis, hot spots like I mentioned, lick sores, granulomas, pad injuries, and the dreaded happy tail, which causes the back of your patrol cruiser to look like the OJ crime scene. It's a patented formula with a lot of science behind it. This shit really works. Due to disclosure, I got tagged pretty bad and needed to get sewn back together a couple months ago. And I may have used it on myself, and it works great. We've all been there. I've eaten Bill Jack just to see what it tasted like, and I didn't die. The stuff is also temperature stable, so you can keep it in the patrol car with all the rest of your first aid supplies in the summer and the winter. And it'll help prevent small issues from becoming larger ones. And it'll keep the admins happy because the vet bills will go down. Head over to vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR. That's 10WDR and get 10% off. Get your working dogs working again and quicker with QuickDerm. Hey, everybody. This episode of Working Dog Radio is brought to you in part by Silver State Canine. Our good friend Cameron Ford over there at Silver State Canine. Their premier training facility located in Las Vegas. They have handler schools, trainer schools, and fully trained detection dogs available for sale. Due to their relationship with the Canine Cognition Center at Duke University, Silver State Canine training is all based on proven scientific methods that produce the most reliable dogs. They have yearly seminars and welcome people to attend them. Their staff has over 70 years of combined experience from military special operations to federal and local law backgrounds. Silver State Canine is the gold standard of detection dogs and canine training. Visit them at SilverStateCanine.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Silver State Canine. All right, guys, we are back. This is Eric here with Working Dog Radio at the Bravo 3 Conference, coming to you live from here. Um, we're going to do a Bravo 3 series here, talk to some of the uh, vendors and some of the instructors and who knows, maybe some handlers and everybody else here. Um, and put it all together for everybody to listen, and we're going to have a good time. So uh, we're going to kick it off with um, a friend of ours named Jim O'Brien. Um, was a former law enforcement handler up in uh, New Hampshire. You'll you'll hear it. You'll know that that New Hampshire accent. Who has uh, migrated south like a lot of folks and uh, started a company down there called NC Canine, and he's here to do some muzzle instructing. And we're going to get into the meat of it. Jim, how are you? Pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me out. Good. Um, so, did you move to North Carolina like everyone else because the North sucks with weather? Yes. Pretty much? Yes. <laughs> j- j- just the weather aspect. Good. Everything else I miss. So, uh, 15 years of law enforcement up there. Uh, we handled two dogs. What kind of dogs did you handle? Shepherds. Shepherds. Yep. dual purpose? Yes. Okay. Uh, did, were they dope dogs or, or explosive? Drugs. Okay. Um, you get a lot of dope in New Hampshire? Not, not too much. No. No. Not, <laughs> not, not like the South. Yeah. They, they get those pipelines, man. There's no pipeline in New Hampshire, I don't think. No. So, um, did you get out to start a business? Yeah, well, kind of a little bit of both. Um, you know, with uh, what's going on with law enforcement these days, I kind of get sick of the, the internal BS, uh, just like I'm sure you guys have dealt with and listened to some of the podcasts, some of the other guys uh, kind of chiming in as to what happens in law enforcement nowadays. So, most of it was just, uh, I just got sick of, of working the... The grind. I think I think I may have mentioned that. 
Um, yeah, I get it. You know, law enforcement is just not for everybody anymore. It's, it's kind of different from when we started and everything. So you get down to North Carolina, and you're like, I, I'm good at this dog stuff. Um, you want to get into it. Yeah, so when I first moved down there, I actually worked for a couple other companies uh, over the last few years. I started my own just about two years ago. Now it would be two years in July. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so when I first uh, first moved down there, went to work for a smaller company down there. Stayed there about a year or so. Then went to work for another larger uh, company in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Then started my own. Okay, cool. Um, you like you like running your own business? Yeah, so it's it's actually really good, but uh, there's there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. For so for guys looking to get into the the canine world and starting their own companies, uh, do your homework for sure. Uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of headaches, as you guys know, uh, from procuring dogs, keeping those dogs trained, finding the business. Uh, it's a it's a 24/7 grind. There's mm-hmm. there's no downtime at all. Um, so you either love it 100 percent or yeah, it doesn't work. A lot of overhead. <laughs> That's what folks don't realize on this business. Uh, you know, all three of us here sitting here own uh, police canine training businesses, and there's a lot of outlay of money that goes into it. Yeah, correct. And you guys had done a, a talk with Aaron Taylor a while back, too, mm-hmm. that I had listened to, um, and Aaron was pretty spot on, you know, talking about you can, if you want to lose a lot of money, you can certainly jump into this canine. <laughs> Yeah, nobody does this because we're going to get fucking rich or anything. So, no. <laughs> no, it, it, one of the biggest problems that I have is, and I'm sure you guys are the same, is trying to find those top dogs that are going to work for for these guys out in the streets. And so you get these dogs in and you're working with them, and the next thing you know, you're starting to say, hey, this dog's not going to work. And then, hey, what do I do with that dog? And you're trying to figure out how to keep the bleeding, you know, from... Oh, yeah. from how many kennels do you have? Uh, 20. 20. So, That's yeah. good. That's so nice. one thing I'm doing is uh, we're doing some puppy raising too where we're bringing in young dogs. Mostly uh, the puppy raising program right now is mostly Labradors. Uh, so we're doing really well with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We're doing some with the mouths and chefs a little bit. Um, and then most of the dogs that are going for dual purpose, we're, we're, we're importing them in. Well, yeah, and, that's, and we've talked about that with a lot of people. Labs, <clears throat> good labs are like unicorns anymore, man. And, and everybody wants like they're all out with this giant net trying to scoop up as many of these fuckers that, like as they can these huge government contracts you know yep. and um, a lot of these a lot of these government agencies still are on the floppy ear only no point in your dog thing which is so stupid yeah and on top of that you know we compete with not only because a lot of people you know we compete with the Europeans and we compete with every other country in the world for the dogs from the United or from uh, Europe for dual purpose and single purpose and then in the United States too with the floppy eared dogs we're competing against people that are actually paying for them for hunting and and hunters pay more than cops do so <laughs> it's difficult to find dogs for sure so that's good if you get your own are you doing the breeding too no we're not so what we're doing is we're getting all our dogs from hunt lines so this guy there's several guys in North Carolina that are not they're within two to three hours from us mm-hmm. I think the uh, the furthest one is four hours from me so what they do is as soon as they have a breeding all the lines are they're all master hunt lines so these guys are all duck dog guys mm-hmm. that's how they make their money um, so I call them up and they say hey we have you know eight or nine pups I'll take like four of those typically um, from multiple vendors so right now I have eight on the ground they're, they're young though so I'm yeah, sitting on right, them for, yeah. you know for ten months uh, minimum uh, like I just sold a couple to some agencies in North Carolina they started them at ten months old as green dogs and they're mm-hmm. training them up um, some of them are already on the, the ground working at a year to 
about 13 months, um, and they're already finding drugs, which is really, really good. What are you doing with the puppies uh, to, to like help help build them? I, I assume you're still selling mostly green. Yeah, so as far as, so I've had a lot of success with selling those guys as, as green dogs. So as soon as they get to that 10-month-old mark, I literally, they, they're out the door. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're it's kind of a high commodity. Um, so child labor uh, with my own kids has, <laughs> has, has proved to be very effective with raising puppies. Um, so I have a seven-year-old son. His name is Sully. Um, he's he's honestly instrumental. I know it sounds crazy him being that young, but he goes out there and, and he plays with the puppies uh, every day when he gets home from school. He takes them out. He runs them through like agility and obstacle courses. Um, so just that socializing with the kids has been instrumental because he takes them like up and down slides oh, yeah. in all sorts of environments. So when the dogs are of age, they're not afraid of anything at all. Yeah. So that's that's been really, really instrumental. Awesome. Um, that's cool. Well, then in addition to that, uh, anytime <clears throat> the van rolls with the police dogs, the puppies go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take them to, you know, airports, uh, train stations, wherever we can get them into. That's cool. It probably draws a crowd, too. It does, yeah. It, yeah, it's not hard. There's not a shortage of kids who will play with your puppies if you... <laughs> Correct. If you yeah. want them. I had that litter of 11 of them at night that walked in the whelping room one day, and, and they all just kind of were just, like recoil a little bit I was like no 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 so I just started piling them in the van all 11 of them taking them every call my nieces you know hey get all your friends and meet me at this place this park or wherever and then pull up with open up the back doors and 11 puppies come out and you showed up with puppies in a van right yeah that's at a park <laughs> right, yeah, at a that's park. not creepy at all <laughs> nope. no no that, that goes against everything we don't talk to strangers with puppies and candy I was going to say he's probably handing out candy too <laughs> <laughs> the best part about it is uh, I had so I had two crates in the back and I had like six yellow and five black labs and I put all the black ones in one and all the yellows in the other one Se- total segregation <laughs> and uh, but when you'd open the door all, it was actually pretty funny to see it was pretty startling people would be like holy shit there's like a whole bunch of puppies back here I'm like I, I told you now get in no I don't um, so uh, are you a full service kennel you're doing everything yeah so we're doing everything so as far as uh, the police canine stuff we're doing uh, for our dual purpose or multi-purpose however you guys want to call it um, we do an eight week course on that uh, so I try to get the uh, the dogs at least imprinted before the guys get there because mm-hmm. uh, I I found that if you're starting completely from scratch with an eight week course it just isn't enough time right. to try to get everything in there um, so typically have the importation all done uh, then we'll work on everything else while the guys are there um, if they don't finish in eight weeks then I keep them in until, until they are they are done. Um, then as far as certification goes, I leave that up to the agency. We don't do in-house certs or anything like that. Yeah. Try to send them out. Uh, I don't care who they go with. Uh, typically in that area, they're either doing Napwater or Ipwater. Some guys do USBCA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't do any in-house certs. That way it's yeah. Right. Yeah. completely clear. In-house so certs, I think, are interesting. It's an in- interesting concept, um, especially if you charge money for it. <laughs> yeah. I just it, find that to be odd. It, that's that's why I stay away from it. You know, I just try to say, hey, these are our dogs. And, you know, if you're paying, the agencies say they're paying $15,000 for a course in a dog, you know, how, how can, in a court of law, how can I sit there and say that I'm not benefiting from yeah. it? Right. From so that, do so. you... 
is part of that eight weeks in there where you're like, well, you guys are going to be doing USPCA, so we got to work on this. Or, or is that when they're done, that's up to them to figure that part out? No, so I'll work. So if they're doing USPCA, we make sure we do like the, the box searches, for instance, um, as part of their course. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of a thing, too, because, uh, you know, not and there's something that Eric and I talk about a lot. We. Um, there's not a national standard for certification stuff. So it really depends. And I've got dogs working in like 16 states or something. And it's literally across the board for like, you know, for instance, my home state has a state standard certification for detection. You know, we're sitting in Florida right now in Daytona and they have a state mandatory certification for patrol, but not for detection. There are states that are both like Ohio where Eric's at has uh, detection and they have patrol standards. And then you go to places like South Carolina, Carolina, it's patrol only also. And then, so it's across the board. So, you know, we do the same thing as well. So it's kind of like, well, where's the dog going? For example, and like next door to Oklahoma, I have several dogs working in Arkansas and they have a pretty stringent detection and patrol certification. So when we go and the dogs come and I know where they're going, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. So I know what I'm going to have to do versus the dog. We have several dogs in Louisiana and it's literally the wild west down there. I mean, you can go pick up a patrol dog at the pound or just a dog at the pound and slap canine and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a uh, that's a that's a a common theme with kind of the certification stuff, which is something that Eric and I are talking about here at Bravo three. So the idea behind this conference is um, it's canine SWAT and explosive kids and they're all in the same room and everybody's talking. So it's multi uh, agency and it's uh, multidiscipline cross training. So we've got, you know, bomb guys talking about IEDs and odor. We've got guys like us talking about which is what we're going to get into in here in just a second, for instance, with Jim talking about muzzle work. Eric and I are talking about, um, thing is, you know, and Eric and I are talking about scenario-based training. Bradshaw's here talking about skills transitions. And then we've got the explosive guys talking about, you know, what terrorism looks like and everything else. So, you know, it's a really good um, place to be if you're in a fairly large agency or a small one that does work with large agencies to kind of cross-train with some of these guys. So here, Jim, you're talking about uh, muzzle work, specifically for canines. So what uh, what are we talking about tomorrow during your presentation? So the way that I'm teaching this class is uh, we're pretty much breaking it down to the very, very basics of the muzzle. So um, a lot of guys don't understand the muzzle. You can't just slap it on the dog. Most dogs are going to start scratching it, parring it off, biting it off, etc. So I literally break it down to the very, very start. How do we put the muzzle on? Um, so for instance, we'll, we'll break it down here while I'm talking to you guys. First uh, start is to find a good muzzle. So what are we looking for in that muzzle? I like to have something that has breathability in it so I can use the muzzle for many different things. Um, so I think if you use the muzzle just for muzzle work, for apprehension work, it's just nothing more than another piece of equipment. Um, so the dog sees the muzzle and he's like, oh, I get to beat the hell out of somebody today. So I try to do it so the dog does obedience and muzzle. He can do tracking and muzzle. He can do building searches and muzzle. Um, he just can hang out and muzzle. Um, so the way I start is I put that muzzle on, whatever one you select based on, on what you're looking for. Um, I usually put a little bit of food in there. So like I'll put some peanut butter in there. I find Vienna sausages, believe it or not, work really well. Mm-hmm. To kind of smush them in there. As the dog drives in for the food, um, I usually back up, create a little bit of engagement with them. Do that for a couple of days. Once that's really good, then I'll put that 
the muzzle on them. The next game I play is what I call a soccer game, um, and I use a jolly ball. If you guys mm-hmm. are familiar with those, oh, yeah. um, crack to a mountain. They love those damn jolly balls. Um, so I'll start playing playing that with them. So they start hitting the. Uh, the jolly ball around one is it creates tons of prey drive for the dog and two it teaches the dog how to punch without muzzle on there and then once he does really well with that then we switch off to doing some civil agitation in it and then finally doing muzzle hits with with the decoy um i also do obedience in there so we'll spend a lot of time just doing obedience um, so if you're rewarded with a, a ball for your obedience i usually will use like a tennis ball or something for this that way if you're rewarding he can still hit the the tennis ball with it um so for my class, I don't get into a whole lot of like scenario-based stuff with the muzzle for this particular class. It's kind of just your basic muzzle. How do I get the dog working in it comfortably? Um, and then um, once that works, then we'll start talking about you know mus- uh, scenario-based muzzle training. What um, what are you seeing as the the couple biggest mistakes guys are making with muzzles? I would say the biggest one is they're just slapping that muzzle on and hoping for the best. I see it all the time. Uh, dog becomes super. I raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> the dog becomes super stressed in it. Um, if he's not comfortable in it, he's not going to work in it. Uh, the other mistake I think is that most guys are using it just for apprehension work. They're not using it for everything. So I think if you put it just on him for apprehension work, he's only going to use it as another piece of equipment. So you might as well just put a sleeve on. Uh, it's like guys just just wearing it to the vet. Correct. And they yeah. understand what they uh, why they hate it so much. Yep. And so actually, you bring up a great point with that. So I, I'm not a fan of of bringing um, the dog to the vet with you know for uh, putting the muzzle on him to bring him to the vet. Um, just because a lot of dogs see the vet as a huge negative. So I like to actually try to bring the dog to the vet and teach him that when he's there, he's not going to get hurt or something bad is going to happen. So I think associating the vet with the muzzle to me is a bad idea unless the dog is already trained to that muzzle and he's, he's used to wearing it for every different scenario. We, uh, when I was out working uh, the SEAL contract, we actually did a lot of stuff in muzzles to include detection. Yep. Everything, just to get them, because they, you know, they're throwing muzzles on them in a helicopter, like on the way to an op, and have to take it off when they get off so they don't tag guys inside the helicopter. Um, not all the time, but you know, some of the dogs they did. So they had, we had to get them conditioned to everything with that muzzle. Um, so every guy here is listening that was a, is a canine guy has seen the dog with the muzzle on fighting the muzzle, scratching it, grabbing it. How, what do you do with that? So with the, uh, the system that I'm using with the food in the beginning, and you can't rush this, so it's not like you do food for five minutes and then you switch to the soccer ball. So maybe several days with the food. Um, <coughs> And then the other thing that I started doing too is uh, you you just hold the muzzle out in front of the dog. He puts his nose in there. And if you use a marker training or clicker training, it's a great way to, to work it on that. Justin Rigney actually, um, I picked this up from Justin at a, um, an e-call seminar that I had gone to a couple weeks ago up in Jersey, mm-hmm. um, where the dog would put his snout in there. He gets marked for that. Every time uh, he goes in there, something good happens. So you can slowly build that out. So this is a kind of a slow process of how to get him yeah. to be completely comfortable. If you do it slow, uh, I actually haven't had too many problems with the dog scratching those muzzles off. I've only seen that if I've gone fast. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. So when you're doing the, the um, muzzle conditioning with the marker, like Justin was showing you, are you feeding 
nose in the muzzle or he's coming back out after the mark and getting rewarded? So I actually, I do it both ways. Uh, so with the way that Justin was teaching it was uh, you'd mark and then the dog, the dog will get it when he's out. He was also doing it with the e-collar as well. So e-collar stim would be on. Once he puts his uh, his head into the muzzle, the e-collar stim goes away. Right. So that was kind of a new a new theory that I had picked up by watching. Have you messed with it? Have you I have, yeah. I, and it's very, very effective. Yeah. yeah. But again, the key to that is very low stim. It's going to be yeah. very, very long. Right. Um, so if you had to, so you say you get a dog that's um, just get takes to it real, real quickly from the start with the food till you get to actually starting to work in the muzzle, like do things. How, how many, how long are you to thinking on average on a dog that's got it pretty good? So when we're talking about not rushing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're taking your time and depending, you know, how much time you're working with that dog per day, I would say a maximum of a couple of weeks for sure. Um, some do- so I actually had a Mal recently that I put on the muzzle. He literally didn't scratch at all, um, and he had only worked in it in two days. So whether or not he had seen it, you know, in a previous yeah. life, I'm not sure. Um, but with that guy, I just did food, and then went right to the the soccer games, mm-hmm. and then he was he was fine after that to the point where I could do five minute down stays with him with just a couple revolutions. That's cool. I've in my all my dogs I've been around and handled and trained and everything. Um, I do muzzles with every every. I've seen two two dogs that absolutely under no condition were going to wear a muzzle. It wasn't going to happen. Um, to, to the point of, uh, of risking injury to the dog. Um, we had one at my department. Um, he would alligator roll in the back of the car if he had it on. He would get down on the ground and just lock up and you weren't moving him. It wasn't going to happen. That dog retired with like 170 street bites, so I didn't, I didn't really stress on it too much with him. But then I got a dog from a vendor um, last year because the dog would not wear a muzzle, and the agency that had bought him, a large agency, the muzzle was their gauge of whether a dog was going to bite for real on the on the road. The way he did the muzzle hits, so they're like, well, we're gonna, he won't wear the muzzle, so we don't know, and the dog's finding destroys people um, but have you had any that you just no matter what just weren't going to happen I have not however I have seen dogs that if you put the muzzle on them um, they're kind of apprehensive to go after like they know they can't bite so mm-hmm. I have seen a couple dogs that they're like I'm not going to go down there because there's nothing I can do I'm just going to be able to hit the guy the guy moves around a little bit so it's not much fun for those guys so I don't truly believe there's a correlation between a dog not working the muzzle and a dog not biting on the street I think a lot of guys get caught up on that because uh, I've seen the same thing where you have super strong street dogs, but the dog either doesn't hit strong a muzzle or just doesn't really care about working in it as far as bites. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't see a correlation. You definitely wouldn't wash a dog for not. Right. God, I am so fucking glad you said that. So <laughs> like you know, because I mean that's the thing. They're like, well, you know, uh, this. So and I've seen a lot of guys are like, well, the dog missed a bite on the street. I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, well, we'll put a muzzle on him. That'll help. I'm like, how the fuck does that? Like, so explain to me, uh, you know, and I kind of say this, like, so explain to me how putting a dog in a muzzle that won't bite is going to make him bite. And I understand it builds frustration and everything else. And I understand why some people do it, but I'm like, you know, and there's a vendor that's semi close to me who I'm going to, I'm not going to mention their name, but they do exclusively muzzle work 
all the time and they say it prevents equipment fixation and where they are at, they have a state standard that they have to have outs. And I'm like, how the fuck do you teach? How do you teach an out without having a grip? I'm like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a precursor to doing it. So typically those dogs that come from that vendor have shitty fucking grips, terrible targeting because they don't work on it. And, you know, I think too, when you see dogs that, um, they come in and they don't want to work in a muzzle. They work super long time in a muzzle and they'll go flat. And, you know, those muzzle work sessions need to be seconds, 10 seconds, eight seconds. So the dog is continuing, continuing, continuing. And people are like, well, as a decoy, it's not that hard because you're not getting bit and everything else. And muzzle work for decoys is probably the hardest thing we do because we have to reinforce behaviors. We have to reinforce good strikes. We have to reinforce re-engagement. We have to somewhat punish dogs that don't want to re-engage if they go flat because the decoy is not doing anything. And um, yeah, I mean, that's extremely difficult. Like how do you create opposition reflex when the dog's not gripping? And you know, most decoys are like, well, I don't know. And they're like, well, I mean, that's why typically like when Eric and I go to the high risk deployment seminars, we have our ex- very experienced decoys do all the muzzle work. Uh, we did the amoeba drill and, you know, Sean and JJ did a fantastic job of keeping those dogs engaged and not letting them go flat. So we had a couple where we had to bail them out. But yeah, I mean that uh, for, I think you're right. Like people get hung up on that and they're like, oh, I'm going to just slap a muzzle on this dog and that's, that'll, that'll make him bite. I'm like, how the fuck, how do you, how, you know, and when you press people, they're like, they, they don't have an explanation for it. So yeah, that, well, what happens is that that particular dog that the agency washed because of it, uh, the bite, the first bite the dog had on the street, um, there was a lady recording it with her phone. And then the, the of course there was. camera had his in-car camera on it too. And then it put on Facebook. And um, so I sent a copy of the video to the vendor and he sent it to the agency. And he's like, see, I fucking told you. I told you this dog would bite because he has other ways to, to make that determination. And uh, he says, you guys, you blew it. You could have had this dog on that would have been on the street for, you know, a year already at this point. So if you if you had to break down to a percentage of your training that's in the muzzle, how, where would you put it? I would say right now it's probably like 30 to 40%. I, I think we probably should do more of it. So like as far as working um, the muzzle too, one of the, and we need to do a whole lot more of this is putting the decoy in a suit, for instance, and using either a half muzzle or, um, you know, a slip muzzle. So he can hit the, the decoy with the suit on, the dog still can get a bite because you can take that muzzle off quickly mm-hmm. as well too. So I think there's a whole bunch of variations on working that muzzle and how to keep the, try to keep the, the dog's engagement on that decoy. So I think a lot of us too kind of stay away from some of that too, where we're doing just, hey, we have to see if we'll hit the man, but maybe we build up to that and we put the guy in the suit first. We do some, you know, half muzzle or slip muzzle work. One of the muzzles that I use a lot that I brought with me actually um, is made by Capewell Canine mm-hmm. and it has a quick release on it. And so you can get that muzzle off a dog really, really quickly with that. Um, so if you put the decoy in a in a bite suit, send them. Obviously, the dog sees the suit, so he may be kind of working on that. But slowly, kind of get that suit away too. And I think that's some of the problems we're seeing where these dogs don't want to hit the uh, yeah. the decoy. Well, the, the scenario that Ted was talking about, the amoeba scenario we have, can be 
pretty difficult for dogs. They chase one decoy into a room and there's two in there. And we, we prefer it on a muzzle. And then what we do is we have a decoy um, in a, around the corner in another room in a, in a suit in case that dog is having some issues. Yeah. Um, then we just run that dude in there. And we have we, we take videos of all that stuff. And um, you'll see the dog will turn and give that double take on the guy in the suit and then just start waylaying on him. Um, so you're right. I think it... And I, I'm one of those guys, man, when I when we did muzzle work, when I started really getting into it, we didn't do it when I was a handler so much. But when I became a trainer, I started doing it. I was like, well, well, why teach him to hit the suit with it? You know, he already knows how to do that. But it is a pretty good, I find it to be a pretty decent foundation. Yeah, because it still gives him that bite as well, too. And then you can start to kind of diminish that away from him. What is a half muzzle? So a half muzzle would be taking uh, like an older muzzle that you don't care about too much, uh, take the end of it, cut it off with a, with a knife or a pair of shears or whatnot mm-hmm. so the dog can still get ahead and, and get a, a good grip on there while wearing that muzzle so the oh. muzzle is not restricting him from biting you ever do that yeah i've seen him before i've yeah. never done that yeah there's yeah i can't yeah. bring myself to cut my I, fucking muzzle no, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean it, it has to be an old you know yeah. so I, I i stole that idea from ricky farley a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, ricky teaches that as well and again you know uh most of all the stuff that that i teach it's not jim o'brien's idea it's stuff that right. i yeah. i found from other guys uh and try it and maybe put a different little spin on it but uh i got a couple old old muzzles yeah i got one from some bullshit fuckhead uh guy that we used to buy equipment from years ago um i wouldn't mind cutting the, the muzzle <laughs> the tip of the muzzle okay. uh, and we'll see how elite that thing is after that um, God. <laughs> but uh, so um, the rest of this year, what, do you have pre-scheduled classes or is this kind of on a as-needed basis? As far as our, yeah, our training your, classes? Places, yeah. yeah, so we actually have a course starting next week. Uh, we got five guys for that. Uh, then after that, we have one scheduled in May. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a training course and a handler's course. It looks like there's going to be probably eight guys in that course. Um, so yeah, we kind of schedule them as an as needed as well, but as we get busier and busier, I'm starting to have a you know more of a, yeah, a schedule. That's awesome. Schedule out. Twenty kennels is good. Where are you at? Forty? You're at forty ten? Yeah. Yeah. Forty. Yeah. I'm at four. That's it. And yeah. half of them got got pets in them. <laughs> uh, but uh, so what what is your website? How do people look at you? So the website is nckanine.us. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, though we don't do as, as good a job as you do with mm-hmm. our, our Instagram just yeah, yet. That's Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get on that Instagram, man. People love to go watch the work there. Yeah, so, yeah. so we're, we're trying to do a better a better job at the Instagram and, and you know the yeah. Facebook with videos and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, Instagram you, is great, man. Drives traffic to your website. And, yeah, yeah. Show what you do. So we also do seminars as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do those, you know, nationwide, worldwide. Mm-hmm. We'll travel anywhere for that. Um, we do decoy seminars, tracking seminars, problem solving seminars. Yep. You hear that, folks? I, I was just telling somebody this earlier. Problem solving is the difference between being a trainer and a handler. So if you go to a training group with just handlers and nobody knows how to fix any fucking problems, that's where they f- they fail. So if you can, I tell everybody, when you're going to these seminars and these classes, like something like Bravo 3 here, um, 
take a class, at least one subject on some sort of problem solving. And uh, so when you go back to your group, say, like I know today, 1030, uh, uh, Dave Dorn is doing a problem solving and detection. Go take that class, man. Take learn how to to if, if you're interested in being a trainer, um, you gotta you gotta learn to fix problems, and that that goes to all the way down to the basic obedience, bite work problems. All roads lead to problem solving in, in training, and. Um, the guys just think that they don't need to know that they can just kind of by osmosis shit will just correct itself no and, that, and that's one thing we see too is that a lot of handlers are taught just one way in like a basic handlers course or whatnot mm-hmm. so we try to teach you know multiple ways for for imprintation for instance because you may find that hey you know you have a problem that you're two down the, the line and you have to know how to fix those issues um, so I, I don't train every dog the same exact way just because every dog's going to learn differently so I have multiple ways to imprint multiple ways to teach the out multiple ways to, to teach just basic sits down sometimes it's learn sometimes it's a little bit of pressure um, so you can't have one set way for any of this and I think that's mm. that's where a lot of guys what a go. novel concept no shit <laughs> yeah you're not you're not a trainer from like 88 because those guys <laughs> yeah. have been one way and one way only but whatever their way is they have they wash a lot of dogs because they have no way of doing I see with tracking a lot where the dog won't track well, well you have them on a harness well yeah that's that's how I do it okay well did you try a collar under the leg or or the other way he's on a collar under the leg and he fucks with it well did you try a harness well no I, I don't know how to do that you got you definitely got to know several different ways to work some of these things man yeah and, and that's that's another thing that we see too is just to kind of digress a little bit um Everybody wants to use, you know, the the Kong or the ball. So most of these dogs are coming in and they're so Kong crazy they can't think. So what I've done, uh, especially with obedience, is a lot of times I don't I don't use the Kong for that. I use food actually, you know, because a it gives me uh, the ability to reward multiple times. So if I'm teaching a sit to a very green dog, I can reward that dog a hundred times in thirty seconds using his his food. So instead of giving him his food out of a bowl, I use it at it throughout the day with him and I can get a couple hundred revolutions whereas with the ball he he sits once I pay and then I have to wrestle the ball out of his mouth mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm wasting time on that so back when I first started and canine food was kind of like a taboo oh yeah no, there are still dudes that are that oh, there are still dudes that do that that say that oh, you know, you're a food trainer. There are fucking sport guys that say that that are like oh, you're a food only trainer. I'm like, well, no, I mean, I'm just a trainer in general. So that's, that's what works. That's what fucking works. Time, yeah. Pat Nolan uses food. Yeah. Period. Just put a period on that. The guy who's been training since um, Noah, you know, flew and whatever. Pat, Pat said, he goes, I never thought I was going to be a food trainer. And he goes, I use food. I guarantee he doesn't use it on every dog, but, you know, and he didn't think he was going to be a clicker trainer. And he's using clickers and teaching it and doing it very well. So it's pretty fun. Are you a marker trainer? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we use uh, typically yes. Uh, I find that with a lot of guys that don't want to be carrying around a clicker. Mm-hmm. I do like the clicker concept though. Yeah. Um, but I, I just find that a lot of guys are too scatterbrained to remember to bring the clicker to training. So we always have a, a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so for drug work, for instance, we use yes as our marker. I use yes also for obedience. We've talked about this with other folks too. Most people don't realize. They're like, I don't do marker training. You actually do. Yeah, yeah you, you, you do. You just don't know that you're right. doing. Good is probably most people's marker. Yep. Good or good boy. And they don't even realize it, that that's what they're doing. So... 
Well, anyways, man, it was great having you on. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Thanks for having us all. Yeah. If we uh, didn't have the, I think we if we're scheduled at the same time. If we're not, I'm gonna yeah. come in there. Did you bring a half muzzle with you? I did not. Fuck. I just just <laughs> just a full one. I didn't, I didn't uh, want to waste any money cutting it in half yet. I'll cut my hand, fingers off cutting that thing too. I gotta be careful. <laughs> I'm not allowed to play with sharp things, man. I always slip. Uh. <laughs> my dad, when I was younger, I had to stop doing model cars and model airplanes. I'd sit that exacto knife there, and he'd watch your thumb. Right through it. Yep. And bleeding everywhere. So I'm, I'm bad with that shit. But anyways, great to have you on. I appreciate yep. it. Thank you, Thank guys. you very much. Keep up the good work, man. Keep keep growing. I like it. It's good stuff. Hey, guys. Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van SK9, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer. I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. Put in promo code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. RayAllen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Hey, everybody. It's Ted. Let's talk about training and conferences. We know training budgets are always tight, and that's why the crew from HITS goes the extra mile for you. Let's be honest here. There's no other canine training conference on the planet like HITS. It has now gotten so large that the 2019 HITS will be held at the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. Experience matters when it comes to putting on a show like this and when it comes to police dog trainers. The guys who run HITS are still working police dogs, just like you. There's going to be three full days of training with five classes classes in session at a time. Toffers are going to range from patrol work and dog selection to case law to search and rescue to canine first aid and everything in between. They had 1,100 people in attendance last year in D.C. and are planning for more this year. And it wouldn't be a conference without the vendors. The McCormick Place has enough room for 100 vendor booths. You can meet the people that make the equipment you guys use every single day. The vendors make coming to hits an experience like nothing else in this industry, plus the free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Last year, they gave away about 40 grand in cash and prizes from vendors. I expect Chicago to be bigger. So come join the crew from Working Dog Radio in Chicago during the week of August 13th through the 16th at McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I know handlers and I know you people wait to the last minute to do everything. Don't be that guy. Head over to hitscanine.net. That's the letter K, the number nine, to get registered and save money on your registration for doing it early. There's also information about the discounted hotel rooms. That's August 13th through the 16th in Chicago. If you didn't write it down, we got the link in the show notes. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, 
www.usa-k9.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-k9.com. Use the promo code K. 9 Pro or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Hey everybody, it's Ted. Let's take a break for a second. Let's talk about Dogtra. We make no bones about the fact that Eric and I love Dogtra. In fact, we've been users of them since long before we even started the podcast, and it's one of the reasons that we approached them to be sponsors of the show. We typically only want to have stuff on here that we actually use and that we can stand behind and endorse. Dogtra is one of those companies. They've been at it for a long time and are industry leaders when it comes to production of reliable, consistent training equipment for your dog, whether be poppers and droppers, whether it be e-collars or now, they've got the new GPS one, which Eric has been playing with and he really, really likes it. So what I want everyone to do is head to dogtra.com. You get a 10% off of any item over $200 and you use the discount code WDR10. That's just like the initials of the show, Working Dog Radio, WDR10. Hit them up. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual-purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full-service canine academy, canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. This one's for the explosive handlers out there. HME is a real problem, whether it be abroad or homeborn here in the United States. The thing is, handling HME is extremely dangerous and difficult because of that you guys don't get to train on it near enough but it is an actual problem so the guys at true scent canine that's true scent the letter k the number nine have made it easy for us trainers and handlers to handle this stuff without danger they do tatp hmtd rdx tnt PETN, ammonium nitrate, and potassium chlorate suspended in a silica. Now, they also give you a distractor odor so that you can proof the dogs off of the background odor that it's suspended in. The trick here is that it's actual odor suspended in this base material so that you don't have to worry about the dogs not alerting on actual odor. They've done research and they've done field tests and the dogs that are routinely imprinted on this odor then imprint on actual odor in the field. So you don't have to worry about it and you don't have to worry about blowing yourself up, which is awesome. So hit them up, True Scent Canine, that's the letter K, the number nine, dot com. They got everything you need. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. 
Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Cavalier inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com That's the letter K, the number 9, or Arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off off your first order tell him you heard it here now go get bit yeah we are back it is ted we are in the arctic tundra of daytona Florida. it's cold as shit down here i thought i was gonna die when i went outside this morning i could see my breath we left the sliding glass door open last night and i thought we left the air conditioner down and uh, no it was it's that cold here and there's all these people down here for spring break and it's all these just the most disappointed group of snowflakes i have ever seen you see all these girls walking around like frowning and i feel hagner was like you think all these girls are pissed off because they can't wear their bathing suits i'm like Ah, I, I think there's probably more boys pissed off than the girls can't wear their babies. Hagner is definitely uh, upset. Um, he was like, he was like, he was all asking about a hot tub last night. I was like, I got bad news for you. There ain't one here. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I can fill up the bathtub. I can dump some hot water in the toilet for you. And he, he so uh, we've had on Jim and, and we had on Bradshaw just a minute ago. And now we've got the guys from Blue Line Canine Training that are up in. Uh, the Pennsylvania area and they have another conference coming up April 23rd 4th and 5th so it's going to be kind of similar to what we're here at Daytona except uh, it's all canine so the B3 conference here with the Tripwire Kids is explosives SWAT and canine Uh, it's a pretty good equal representation uh, except I think every fucking Volusia County guy is here and they have like 19 dogs (laughs) I don't even know how many dogs they have but uh, nice guys Um, we're going to let us use their dog tomorrow for um, Eric and I's presentation, so it should be pretty good. But so we have Joe and Matt. What's up, fellas? How's it How's going? Doing? How are you? BLK's in the house, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. I like it. BLK. Yes. BLK right. And I ran out of beer. You got to come up I with a getting sign for that. I did, not, I did not plan that very well. Yes. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about how uh, Blue Line Canine Training started. You want to start off? Uh, basically, we started, um, you know, Joe and I have been handlers for, my God, both of us were looking at probably 30, 35 years of canine experience. So to say we've done it all, I don't want to say that, but we, we've been through a lot. We're, we are canine handlers. We started, I mean, Joe, you got your first dog probably. 02. 02. I got mine in 04. So we've been on the road working dogs. So we're... We're pretty familiar with what we travel the country. We do bite work. Uh, Joe's a master trainer. Um, so we do a lot of training and stuff. And uh, we decided it's time that handlers start a conference. So that, that's how it kind of got started. And we sat down. We started talking about building it, building it. And uh, our goal is to give back to the handlers on the street is how we started it. Yeah. 
that's one of our main things to get back to canine. You know, canine's been so good to us over my over our course of our careers. We've met a lot of great people, done a lot of good things, and, and now it's time to start giving back to the canine community. And what better way to do it than have a conference and try to give as much free stuff as possible to guys, you know? Um, we're gonna be giving away a couple free bulletproof vests for dogs and you know, it's all about giving back and to the community and uh, and the brothers and sisters that work the street day in that day out like we do you know we know what we guys go through and it, that's important to us so we want to you know try to put a good conference on and, and try to make it the best and that's that's one of our goals yeah and you know that's kind of a similar story of how this entire project brought everything together why we're all sitting at this table now this podcast um canine for better or for worse changes are probably a glacial pace um and there are still motherfuckers out there doing things the same way they did them in 1980 and those guys are a hundred percent unwilling to change so there is a wall of social media around a lot of law enforcement officers and first responders so you know a lot of those guys don't have access to um, information and they don't necessarily have the resources to travel all the way to wherever one of the one of the um uh, one of the conferences is going to be so like hits makes it a point to kind of travel around the country so you know they move to different locations and they try and search like uh, they try and mix it up a little bit there are regional ones like the kids at California have CNCA now you guys have Blue Line and Pennsylvania um, so it's good to have those regional ones also because we have a lot of guys that are on you know I think the DOJ released the, like what the average law enforcement agency in the country is like what nine officers or something yeah. it's super small and if, you know there's a lot of departments that have one dog and that's the guy. Yep. And yep. they don't have access to training. They don't yeah, have access don't. to information. Exactly. They don't know right. anything. So, like that, I would imagine Pennsylvania probably has a lot of small. And Absolutely. that area of the country, oh, I know yeah. Kentucky. Yep. I know Indiana has a lot of small ones. I know Ohio has oh, a lot. Oh, of, yeah. mm-hmm. So, that this is a very, very good way for uh, you guys to give quality information to people um, without... Give the quality information to people without it costing an arm and a leg and having to put in for time. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to be gone like a fucking week. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um, so aside from the trials of putting on a fucking conference, which we talked about, <laughs> which, yeah, well, I mean, you guys, you guys, guys know. know. You guys know, man. It's like, holy fucking dog handlers. You're not like organizational yeah. ninjas or anything. Yeah, so. Pipe and Drape and AV were like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. I got a freaking mountain while working in my ear and I'm worried about you know what are we getting for food and stuff so oh, it's yeah. like, well, linens will be yeah we're we'll calling like we're we'll yeah. calling pipe and drapey one like what what doesn't matter <laughs> just blue whatever yeah. I like a blue I mean you know <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's time though that that's what we felt it's time we it's just like being a coach and athlete in sports if you you got something eventually you got to give it back and that's where Joe and I are we think you know it's time we gotta we just gotta start giving back and you know invite everybody and bring in some high-end instructors and you know let them go out and bring a pool from all over the country and, and different instructors all across the board like not just you know like one organization this organization like right. open up to all of them so because there's mm-hmm. so many different philosophies and theories and if you're closed-minded like we were talking about some guys are still doing things from the 80s and like they're still doing the same thing you got to be open-minded like you said this canine is changing every day so yeah. if you're closed-minded and you're not i i, I want to 
learn. Matt wants to learn. We still want to learn from different guys that we haven't been, you know, able to see and like appreciate. So this is one of the ways that we did it. Open up to all you guys, and so hopefully we, we got a pretty good lineup. We think, and you know, across the board. So we're excited. Pittsburgh's a cool city. I, I like Pittsburgh. It's about about an hour and a half from my house. Um, I go over there as much as I can. Steel I, I like city, buddy. That's right. Um, I love going. <clears throat> I tell anybody, you driving, you drive through that tunnel. When you drive through and it opens up and you see the water in the yeah. stadiums and everything, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty. So cool. if you got a couple of rings too, I don't know if any Steeler fans listen. Oh yeah, I got a couple rings too. So sorry, Dallas fans. I'm kind of a Cowboys fan. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We might have some uh, guest people show up too that we're working on. So that's nice. Gonna be great. Yeah, it might be a player. Yeah, I'm trying to get Danny White from the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if oh that's God. gonna happen. But yes. <laughs> To his credit, Danny White's probably a GM of some huge oh, corporation. Yeah. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't much of a knuckle dragger. Yeah. That <laughs> That's the first quarterback I watched, though. You know, yeah. so it's like I grew up watching him. So from the outside, uh, you know, when you guys like, for me, for example, you hit me up about you know what would I be interested in teaching and everything, and it starts rolling to us. It looked like man, it's got blew up real quick. Yeah. So you guys, it probably Oof. feels like a uh, like a time bomb went off. Yeah, yeah. It did. It did. We, yeah, we we got a lot of. Support and it's, it's been great you know everybody we talk to they're they're excited and you know it's, you know every time we talk to a different handler hey it's about time to you know guys are doing it for the right reasons and you know we I was always brought up and same thing with Matt you know my grandparents always taught me like if you do something for the right reasons good things happen to you you know and good things you, you got to do it for the right reasons you can't be in it for whatever you know what other you know people are in it for like you know we are in it to give back and and, and I, I think that's why it's been so you know uh, appreciated and, and like welcome for a lot of guys so we're excited you know everybody we talked to they heard about blue line and i probably harassed a bunch of people on facebook every couple times and yeah, mm-hmm. a couple guys here maybe maybe every other day i mean hey you guys coming you know but yeah i mean that's what it's about social media is great and yeah. you know it's great to come here and everybody that we're friends with on instagram and social media facebook and then you actually put a face to the, yeah. the you know their instagram names it's great who ever thought with old canine handlers would be sitting around talking about fucking Instagram? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? That's, well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. all I got. The Facebook and yeah. Instagram, I'm good on that. So Yeah. yeah. Like, so, you got a post? And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so the vendor, uh, that's probably a whole nother juggernaut to deal with that that thing. And I know you guys said there's a couple slots left, but not much. I'm no, not many. No, I think we have like seven left. Like out of, yeah. four, out of 50, 50 vendor spots, we have like what, six or seven left. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so we're excited. So, yeah, yeah, we're looking good there. You, if you build it, they will come. You gotta, you gotta yeah. get the right people there and bring it in. And, yeah, and you know, and that's the one thing about like uh, hits. Hits is a juggernaut, right? Hits yeah. is massive. Right. They have yeah. um, uh, so many freaking vendors, but. Um, I, I like going to a little bit smaller where you can actually interact a little bit and um, 50 vendors is pretty good though if you have yeah. 50, 50 booths there for a first one that's yeah. really good yeah. um, especially if you get the right ones in there you get some decent folk yeah. you're not just selling like um, cell phone cases or some shit from Pakistan <laughs> at your fucking booth <laughs> because no one's coming to your fucking no show yeah, because exactly. you're a rapist or something like yeah. that so um, <laughs> th- that, that could be edited out it, it, it better it not be but it won't it be. probably won't be. Uh, 
fuck. <laughs> so I'm trying to be less hateful. I am trying to be less hateful, uh, but not towards sex offenders. I will. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, who do we have lined up already for um, instructors? Uh, I know Eric and I are going to be there doing our uh, specific brand of go fast and break shit. Yeah. But uh, who else do we have? We have uh, Franco Angelini. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, Franco. Um, we got Jared Bradshaw. Who yeah, you guys just we, we just talked to Bradshaw. Uh, we have Brian Burdett. Brian Burdett. Ah. Um, I'm just familiar with him. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I went through the list. There's a lot of here's the thing. There's a lot of guys on the list that we know because we're in in the training industry and in, in the business. But a lot of handlers don't know them. But we're gonna go there and be like, oh, that guy's pretty good. And now. that's that's the reason. That's one reason why we're doing that. We we could go and pull a lot of people that do other conferences, which yeah. is fine. But that was one of our things. Like, let's let's bring some people in that no one has seen yet. But these guys are. I mean, like I said, these are the these are the alphas of mm-hmm. their profession. You know, yeah. and you can say what you want, but that's you know we're bringing in some some pretty uh, right. And a lot of them, here. a lot of guys from the northeast part of the country. You know, all sure. around that, and uh, it bring Canada. a different flavor a little bit. Yeah, um, I saw, yeah, I saw my buddy Blosser on the list. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. coming. And uh, Dave brings a different you know yeah. different thing, and and a lot of people don't know Dave, but when yeah, they get there, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, he's yeah. got some good stuff. And I think that's the the best thing is you, we got different instructors, like you said, from all different parts of the country come in Canada and they're going to just bring a different flair to different training and, and I think it's good for you know even first time season handlers to go and, and just see some different philosophies out there because you know we, we may do things diff- one thing one way in Northeast PA but and the guys in Ohio might do something different and you know what that's what it's about uh, that's the exciting part of it you I know? can guarantee you I mean we were in uh, Texas last week yep. and you know I mean it's interesting to watch like the dynamic when you know we do like we did the Albany thing Eric and I and Ray and everybody did the, the thing with Ken Stern, the guys at Albany County Sheriff's Office, which was a great event. And it's a bunch of Northeasterners, right? So when you start doing seminars out in California and other places, policing is different. Mm-hmm. Police officers are different. People are different. Dogs are different. And when you start bringing in people from other parts of the country, you know, all of a sudden we start building a baseline. What I see is we start building a baseline of what is an acceptable definition of specific words that we all use or the C word everyone knows. Anytime I slip that one in there, everybody <laughs> seems to know. That's universal uh, from I east to west. I can't make the chicken nugget joke though. <laughs> right, but yeah. so that that's over the line. But you know, I mean, so <laughs> we uh, the so I think Real it's quick, good. Ted's pissy because we edited something out that he said <laughs> of, of episode. And he didn't think it was so bad. No, 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 no. no. Oh, well, yeah. That that we got yelled at. You can't say that, and you can't say. He, he goes, but he, Eric said. That's okay. You left that in. Yes. Fair point, but... Yeah, I said something about some chicken nuggets from some specific restaurant, and it had to get cut, and I was like, I don't understand why. I don't get it. It's it's in the news. It's not something... So, anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah. It was just the way. That's right. So, like, the PA guys are going to have access to guys like me and Eric, who they may not not interact with. And I think you guys got some dudes from... Ricky Farley's coming. Paul Hammond's coming. Okay. So, Paul definitely... He's not even from the United States. He's fucking fucking... Alabama yeah. now. Yep. So, I mean, that's about as far south or not U.S. as you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's awesome, by the way. Yeah, we're excited about him. Dude. And Russ Hubbard coming. He's doing an explosive class. We're going to be teaching Excellent. some 
homemade explosives. Um, Aaron Taylor. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, yeah. with Aaron oh, yeah. from Rigside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron and I are doing a seminar together this yeah. coming weekend. Great guy. And then we got Matt Godwin from DNA Canine. Uh, I love Matty. Yeah, 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 that's Matty. Yeah, yeah, he's a good doing guy. decoy school kind of. He, like, he actually brings a dog. Does he? Yeah, he, he does. Dog he's in the classroom some... and does some bite work in the yeah. class. So. Yeah, he's that's actually good. probably going to do good work compared to what's going on in Vegas right now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw that, but that shit show. So, but yeah, that's. I mean, and you know, Matt's where he's out in North Carolina. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so you got a good. Then we got Kenny Licklider coming too. So he's. He's gonna, from, is he going to do detection? Yeah. Yep. He's going to stand up there like Chris Farley and yell. Yeah. He's fucking great. <laughs> I love sitting in his courses because yeah. it's like in a van down yeah. by the river. And then John yeah. Brandon, he's yes. going to be doing a class. On, yeah, that's his backyard. Yeah, that's right. His backyard. backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Shaughnessy just Paul Shaughnessy signed up. Paul Shaughnessy just signed up. He's yeah. coming now, so he yeah. signed up. Uh, and Jim O'Brien. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we interviewed Jim earlier. Good yeah. dude, man. It was, yeah. a, it was a yeah. nice little interview with him. Yeah, that, that'll, yeah, that'll be good. He uh, what's he teaching? Uh, Jim's he's actually doing a class of streets. Uh, I think scenario, scenario, scenario. scenario yeah, he was gonna do muzzle, but Ricky's gonna be doing the muzzle stuff. So we kind of. Right kind of don't want to like we try to do different you know specific areas and try to cover every area you right. know and it's hard to do and I mean right, yeah. we try overlap yeah so you know but so hopefully we try to do a good job at doing that so <laughs> yeah so guys if, if you never came to a conference you could you could come there sit down get the list and actually build your own itinerary say hey oh I want to see Franco if we can if, if you want to see someone else you can get Franco the next day yeah. so we kind of double guys too so if you're, if you're in a class and you can't see someone you can kind of get them the next day and yeah, build that's your good. Own I think Franco had been laying off of conferences for a little bit. I may yeah. have that wrong. Yeah. I've never seen him too much. Yeah. 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 He's coming to Blue Line. Yeah. He's one of our, you know, he, he's, he's really one that really helped us, you know. We're basically talking his. Yeah. 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 We came up from Franco. I mean, we absolutely. Were, you know. I think, point of fact, I think he caught Jesus, or like Moses' dog off the fucking yeah. ark. I'm sorry, <laughs> Noah's dog yeah. off the ark. That's how long that dude's been catching dogs. Yeah. And he's in phenomenal. The guy doesn't. Like, he'll out there. I mean, we go. I would go to seminars with him and it's just like dude do you ever get tired man I mean you're you got like 50 you're 50 some years old and I'm half your age and I, I can't keep up with you man I don't yeah. know he's just amazing yeah so. and he's a good dude yeah he's, he's a nice great guy. dude yeah. great great for guy sure. so what um, talk about the, the the venue the location it, it looks pretty freaking awesome from what I've seen yeah this yeah this is this place it's at the Wyndham and it's at the point so if you're not familiar with Pittsburgh you got the three rivers and I, was it Monongahela Ohio, Ohio, and the Dallas. So they come into a point, and you got the state park right there. State park is right at there's a mm-hmm. big fountain, and then boom, right there is a window. We are literally at the point. You look off to your right. You got a Heinz Field. You have the baseball field. Two blocks right behind the hotel is all bars, all like I mean, you name the places to eat. So that it's going to be, a, it's a really cool place to be. Especially the nightlife will be. You know, if you guys want to go out and have a great time, I mean, obviously, yeah. Pittsburgh's a great city. Do they still have the science museum right there? Yes. They yeah. Do. So yeah, if you're if your yeah. wife and kids are going to come, you want something yep. to do. The science museum is really cool. There. Yeah. I ain't been there in a minute, but when when I went last time, we took my daughter. It was nice. It was neat. Yep. Yeah. We set up. Uh, we we can have a tour of Heinz Field if that's I know me and Joe were talking about, but they called. We can uh, do something. 
something for you know just for the conference yeah. if you guys want to go there and see and what's that incline did you cane incline the hell yeah, yeah oh, everybody's gonna ride yeah, that yeah, thing. it's oh amazing you go up there and you overlook the city and it's just yeah. it's just truly I used to go, when I used to ride motorcycles we had to ride over there and go up park at the top yeah that's yeah, a really neat city and there's a bunch of shopping thing, shopping centers up there and it's just it's in a good location and everything's like within walking distance and you know five ten minutes on Uber so yeah. feel free to wear all the black and gold you want please do please <laughs> me they, it's accepted right yeah, that's true <laughs> if, some, if someone comes you might be able to get some signatures so we right, won't announce that yet so. that's probably why Bradshaw's coming he's a huge Pittsburgh yeah, fan is he yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't know that huge yeah. huge yeah. oh yeah, yeah. He is. I'm about to go say something to him <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Alicia painted him a, uh, a Pittsburgh muzzle I think he just sits on a shelf in his oh, office really? that's oh nice. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah uh, that's it's, awesome yeah well my plate suits are yeah, black and gold. Oh, are they really? It's yeah. funny. He yeah. orders the black and gold, and I ordered blue and white. You know. <laughs> so uh, takeaway is good variety, and hopefully some of the local handlers, because you guys got quite a large canine community up there, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh's. Okay. Yeah, Pittsburgh. We hopefully going to expect a good turnout from those guys, and you know they have, I think they have 30, 20, I don't know, twenty six or twenty eight dogs. They got a bunch of dogs over yeah, just in Pittsburgh good. City alone, and then. The Port Authority's Port Authority's just as big, too. So. Oh, is it really? Yeah, Port Authority's, yeah. They're pretty yeah. big. Excellent. So yeah. uh, you'll get access and exposure to some guys that you probably wouldn't see otherwise um, in, that por- in that portion of the country. And the only way to get access to them is to travel. So, I mean, it's in their backyard. Even guys from Philly, it's not that far. How far is that? A few hours. Yeah, yeah it's hours. not that bad. I mean, like three, I mean, three hours, three and a half hours. Philly, probably, yeah, I'd say under four, Yeah, give or take. Yeah, That's easy, drive. Yeah. Although the Pennsylvania Turnpike sucks, yeah, it's the yeah. worst road, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, it's like, what the fuck? Where's the money go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't go into. It goes into making sure right. It goes into making holes like everywhere. It goes into making fucking turns. There's not a straight stretch of road on <laughs> that thing. It's like driving in Boston. You can make four left turns and still go in a straight line. I don't know how the fuck that works. I got even Google gets lost. In, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no. So, so the, the big takeaway from it is this conference is by handlers for handlers. That's yep. part of the. That's a part of the. There are four handlers by handlers. Four, yeah. You guys still work. What shift you work? So it, that's. We just don't say it. That this is we believe in that. That's yeah. why. That's why this is our saying. Um, I work 10 years street 11s. I'm now on day shift. Uh, Joe's street 11s. Yep. I'm on street 11s. So we're on purpose. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, not really. Well, you get a seniority no, really. sandwich over there. No, well, we, we only have two. We have two dogs in the department. Yeah. So, like, one guy's on on day shift, one guy's on second shift. So, um, we still work eight hours. So, you know, I I, I got Monday uh, weekends off yeah. right now because okay. I got seniority. Yeah. Um, so it's not bad. Three eleven is a busy shift. I got I work with a lot. We use a dog like oh, crazy. Yeah. So it's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You know, it makes. Having a dog on second shift. Fun. You got to talk him into that third dog. Put him on midnights. That dog will crush it. Yeah, we've been <laughs> our mid, my midnight shift dogs. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. The numbers. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, That's guys. Right. That would be fun. All, but, the, all the hood rat shit happens at night. Yeah. Can I say hood rat? Or, yeah, you or, can say hood rat. Okay. I'm not, listen, I'm not the one cutting all that shit out. I'm just saying. I'm throwing C words and all kinds of, you know. But I say a chicken nugget joke and hood rat one time and like, you can't fucking say that. Like, I think I slipped an anal prolapse one time or something. I, I don't know. She, at least she likes me better. I think she does. Uh, she does not. Probably. Can't she just beep you guys out or no? She, she don't want to do that. She has to cut it out. Beeping would be all right. Yeah. yeah. 
IBP would be all right. I mean, yeah, just, the, the good people will ask, like, well, what got beef? What, and I'm yeah, like, I don't want to have to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say that we couldn't hear? I'm like, because I heard what you said. So what did you say that we couldn't hear? Yeah, we, it's funny because we will do it. And then um, we, we don't, we shut everything off and go about our business. And like two days later, in our group text, it'll start, you cannot say this. <laughs> And I don't even remember saying I'm, it. Right. <laughs> huh? Did I say that? What's that? And I run out of the room. I don't even. <laughs> or he'll read it and not answer because he's in Ohio. Yeah. And Alicia's <laughs> in my living room. So, like. <laughs> I go, you need to talk to the dude sitting next to you. <laughs> you recognize his voice, right? <laughs> On there? So, yeah. well, I thank you guys for coming and sitting down yep. with us, thank man. You for man. Us. Thank you. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I so haven't had one in my time. backyard. Yeah. What's the dates again? Want to go over that? Uh, April 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Wyndham in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. And it's uh, Blue Line Canine, letter K number nine, training.com is where you sign up. Don't be that guy, and you're all going to do it anyway, even though I tell you not to. Don't be the guy that wastes the last minute. So sign up. Uh, rooms are, I think, 129 bucks a night. At 125 the, yeah. 125 we got, Yeah, we got a little cheaper. Excellent. Yeah, so we, we didn't. At the Wyndham. Yeah. Uh, Alicia will put all that contact info in the show notes, so just awesome. scroll down on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and hit the link and take straight to the webpage. Joe, Matt, and, and one, one more request. Yep. Yeah. For, for a group of people, if we can, let, take, take some folks to Permanis. You definitely got to go there. Yeah, world we'll famous. Go. These sandwiches are unbelievable. Man, don't ask for anything special. Yeah, right. just, no. yeah. you fucking order it as it is. Yeah, on exactly. Menu. <laughs> hey, we want to thank you guys for the support too, for yeah. everything you guys have been thank able you, for us, pushing us. So we, we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Means a lot to us. No problem. You know. Um, coming on board with us and it's like one big family you know yeah, it's like the blue yeah. line family man I mean that's what that's what we look at it's like everybody we meet is just like part of our family so that we, we appreciate the support the canine world is a big world but it's actually really small yeah, yeah, really right. I mean man oh, it's, yeah. it's really cool to, yeah. to see everybody here and stuff yeah that's how Ted and I bonded we realized we hated a lot of the same people yeah. true story yeah. <laughs> true story so what do you think of so and so fuck that guy yeah. <laughs> alright cool good we're in we're gonna, we're gonna right. get along just well <laughs> do we just become best friends <laughs> do you want to go in the garage and do karate? Well, you guys are doing a great. So much room for activities. You guys are doing great stuff for the, the canine community as well. You know, putting out these podcasts it's great, and and it's just it's good. For, it's good for the whole canine as a whole. Yeah. Everything yeah. that everything's been going on. So it's great. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Right, we'll see appreciate you. See you in April. See you in April. April. Thanks, Thanks guys. Later. We love USA Canine Dog Toys. They are inspired by military objects and built to withstand the demanding use of professional canine handlers. USA Canine Dog Toys are made in the U.S. from a durable super chewer rubber compound. Ted and I love them and use them all the time. Go check them out at www.usa-k9.com. Use the promo code K9PRO. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up, specifically for guys in this podcast. If you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. 
They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. Since 1987, Bill Heiser and Southern Coast K9 have been providing better training, better service, and better dogs. Bill personally hand-selects every dog in Europe to ensure that the quality is always up to his standards. Every employee at Southern Coast Canine is charged with being a guardian of their values. Those values guide both their business and personal relationship. They believe that their dedication to the fundamental tenets of honesty, integrity, and fair business dealings ensure a legacy of success. So when you or your canine unit is looking for that dog, the one that will perform at the highest level, be sure to give a Southern Coast Canine a call at 877-903-DOGS. That's 877-903-3647. Let them know that Eric and Ted from Working Dog Radio sent you.